Becoming your strongest financial self? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. Get it today at northwesternmutual.com slash good plan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. To another QB list fantasy football podcast. As always, I am Callan Usliger, joined as always with AJ Passman, and we have made it. We have made the made it to the bipocalypse of fantasy football season with six teams on by. We're going to be scraping these waiver wires just to find a way to fill out some sort of viable starting lineup. And as always, AJ is here to help me figure out how to improve my fantasy rosters because this week was another struggling week even though i just skated, skated by prior to recording this with the monday night victory lap of manuel sanders getting me just over the edge so i'm in a good mood for that aj please tell me you're in just as good a mood as i am um i i'm i'm feeling pretty good pretty good it's 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 not bad having josh allen on your team running monday night so so i'm i'm doing okay perfect so we're gonna try and uh, keep this energy up for the Bipocalypse is coming up. As a reminder, there are six teams that are going on to buy this week. The Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who all have fantasy viable players at every single position. So we're going to be scraping this waiver wire, trying to find a way. So we're going to run through positions. This week, there's no big injuries or anything that's a, a huge loss. So I got the big name player. Like last week it was um Darius Tony or it was the injuries to the running backs where we're scraping get Daryl, Daryl Williams and Devontae Booker. There's none of that this week. So it's kind of a a weird waiver wire, but we're gonna find some deep plays, some ways for you to get by. So before we get in, AJ, do you have any sort of just general advice for a week such as this where there are six teams that are on bye week and we're gonna need to be filling up filling in roster spots. 
Yeah, the the NFL just likes to play with us. They like to play with our hearts. But this this is the grind. This this is why we play fantasy, right? To to grind it out when we need to. Um, and actually, you know what's funny is is there could have been seven because after teams play in London, Miami uh, I think had the option to have a buy um, after after their London game, but opted not to. So we can count ourselves lucky that we have the likes of Tua Tagovailoa uh, available to us in, in week seven. So, um, but you know, I, I would say for this week, um, there are not too many big, uh, you know, big waiver budget spins that I would recommend. This is kind of a spray it and pray it week where uh, I think you should make a ton of waiver claims for the positions that you need and just be happy with what you get. Because I think if you still have, you know, if you didn't go in on Eli Mitchell, you didn't um, get Damian Williams, you didn't get Devonta Booker or Daryl Williams last week, then, you know, you, if you still have some, some waiver budget, then I would save it uh, because something else likely will happen. I don't think this is the week to go in uh, next week. There are only two teams on by um, and, you know, even with that, if you're just, I mean, if you're just out of players, like Callan, I, I don't know how many guys you have, but in, in, in one league, you know, I have Josh Allen, I have Zeke Elliott, I have Stefan Diggs, I have, you know, I'm getting to like five or six players. Sometimes you just take the L and move on. You know, it's okay if you're not undefeated, If especially if you can afford it in your league, then just don't sacrifice the rest of your season for one week of, you know, a spot start. Yeah, and that's a really good point. So really pay attention to where you are in the standings. Don't make a, any drastic moves just to fill in a roster. If you have to place someone on buy and you can afford a, a loss, sometimes that's better in the long run than dropping someone who you know will be viable down the road just to try and fill a good roster this week. So we'll start off just like normal at the running back position because there are a lot of viable options who will be on buy. Zach Moss, Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and Najee Harris. Guys, pretty much we have in our lineups week after week at this point in the season. So how are we going to fill it in? That's why I turned turned AJ. There's no big injuries this week. So AJ, who is the number one running back this week in terms of if you had your pick of the litter, what running back are you most looking to add to your rosters? You know, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the Cleveland Brown situation, but the the options that that aren't that are presenting themselves there, I don't like as much as uh, as my top pick. Which uh, again, stop me if you've heard this one before, Callan. JD McKissick, uh, he's forty two percent rostered. He is, I mean, it's just every other week with him. But Antonio Gibson's dealing with that uh, stress fracture in his shin, which sounds horrible. Uh, but he, he's dealing with that McKissick. He continues to see, you know, those high value plays, especially those passing down two minute drills, uh, goal line, uh, you know, around the red zone. Um, he, he's still seeing significant playing time. Uh, the Washington football team coaching staff trusts him. They like him in those roles and with Gibson, especially if Gibson, if they decide to rest him or try to get him, uh, you know, any sort of uh, recovery time where he, where he limits his snaps or, or even takes a week off, then I, then I, I see them leaning on McKissick even more. So uh, again, he's, he's 42% rostered. So I think he's, he's probably available. He's one of the few that I would say, you know, he could have some viability past week seven, you know, maybe into week eight before they, uh, before Washington heads on their buy in a couple weeks as well. Yeah, and they have a great matchup coming up against the Packers, where last week he saw 10 targets. They're going to be playing from behind this week against the Packers, 
And like you said, Gibson could be could miss this game or be very limited. So that should be another big week for JD McKissick incoming. I think he is a great player to replace those running backs and has some standalone value, even if Gibson's playing or if once everyone's back on the field and not in bipocalypse. So I definitely agree. He's still out there. I want him in my lineup this week for sure. So you mentioned the Cleveland back backfield. Let's try and siphon this out. Nick Chubb missed last week due to an injury. Kareem Hunt left on Sunday due to an injury of his own, which looked pretty severe. And as Stefanski has said, he likely will end up on IR and miss more than the minimum of three weeks. So that may leave Nick Chubb, but he may play on Thursday. And then Darius Johnson, Felton, AJ, help me sort this out. What do we do for Cleveland's backfield, especially since they have the Thursday night game this week against the Denver Broncos? If we weren't, if we weren't in week seven, if we weren't in, you know, the, the world of the bye where all these teams are on bye, then I would, I would actually say it's a situation to somewhat avoid considering Baker Mayfield is hurt. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt and maybe old Landry is old and maybe hurt. Um, but you know, the fact remains that Cleveland is the number three, most run heavy team in the league. Um, the only, the only two teams that, that, that are more, that, that split more to the run are Chicago and new Orleans. And so they want to run the ball and with injuries to their receiving core, with injuries to Baker Mayfield, they want to do that. But, uh, you know, with a Thursday game, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that Chubb won't make it back. He didn't practice at all last week and they ruled him out, uh, I think on Friday and, uh, you know, when you have a Thursday game, they don't practice on Tuesday, but they report as if they did. And Chubb would have been a non-participant. So again, they could be resting him to try to give him as much time before Thursday as possible because it's pretty bleak in their backfield. But um, so I, I would say, you know, of the two, if you had to pick up, you know, either Ernest Johnson or Demetric Felton, I'd probably go with Johnson just because if Chubb is out, the early down volume will be there. Um, Felton is a little bit more of a pass catching back. So there could be a little bit more appeal in PPR, not crazy about either of those. And that's, again, just one of those where, you know, you, you know, maybe you try to pick up, pick up one of those, um, as kind of a desperation play. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. I prefer Johnson just for just matchup wise. I think it's kind of will work out better for him, but it'd be, and with Baker dealing with his injury, maybe they do go back and continue that run heavy offense, even without Chubb, even without Hunt. It's a tough situation because of the Thursday night game. We don't want to lock it in, but go out and see if these guys are available. Keep an eye on the news. If Chubb is out with everyone on by, they're going to find a way into your starting lineup. So get them on your roster. I think they're both would be viable plays, but go out and get them and see if they'll be a good plug-ins for, for the injured running backs. And speaking of injured running backs, we'll jump to the next injury riddled backfield. And that is in Seattle. Chris Carson, was just placed on the IR, so we know he's out of there. So that leaves Alex Collins, right? Well, he's dealing with a hip and a glute injury, so we'll see if he's available on Sunday. If not, AJ, are any Seattle running backs worth picking up because there's someone coming back my IR, but it's his first game back, so how would you handle Fab and Priority if you're interested in trying to get a Seattle running back? Yeah, obviously, you know, Alex Collins, he's he's 60% rostered. Pete Carroll said that he has a chance to play. He has uh, his hip 
his, his glute and he's got a little booty bruise uh, of some sort. Um, so, but if for some reason he's sidelined as well as Carson, I, I'd probably, and I'd keep my eye on, Rash, uh, on Rashad Penny. Um, they've shown that they would like to go to him. He's just, honestly, he's just hurt all the time. Um, so, but if he's healthy, if he's made it back, um, then I think that he, he could be the preferred start there. Um, Travis Homer for a little bit, looked like he was picking up third down work, but that kind of went away. Um, Collins definitely supplanted him. Um, so I'd probably go with, you know, Rashad Penny, if the, if the reports coming out of Seattle are good. Um, and then DJ Dallas and then Travis Homer, if Alex Collins can't go. Yeah. If Collins can't go, I might even put DJ Dallas ahead in terms of how I'd prior prior prioritize him. That's a tough word right now for, <laughs> this week coming up just because Dallas did see five targets last week and Penny, it's your first game back from injury being coming off injured reserve. I don't think that you're going to rush him back and give him the work. When you have those three guys, you can mix and match. We've seen Pete Carroll do that plenty of times throughout his tenure is that they all mix and match with the running back. So I think I'd prefer DJ Dallas because he got the passing ball and he got five targets last week. So to me, I'm going to get DJ Dallas for his matchup. It's a tough one against new Orleans, but He's, he's another guy who's viable as a plug and play as long as Alex Collins is inactive like it he may be. So another one you kind of have to monitor, but go speculate, go get DJ Dallas now so you're not trying to make that last minute addition if he is ruled out for Sunday. So with that, that being said, is there any other running backs that are worth mentioning up to this point or have we kind of with these injuries, where, where else do you look in a week like this? You see, you see how much we're scraping. Yeah, it's <laughs> we, tough. We, we are really, we're like, oh man, Travis Homer. He might be a great pickup this week. Um, you, you know, honestly, you know who I weirdly maybe like a little bit more than some of those backups in Seattle. And I can't okay. believe I'm saying this, but as a Falcons fan, I, I'll say Devonta Freeman as a as a dart throw out there. I think that, um, you know, Latavius Murray, you know, he's old and slow. Devonta Freeman's old and slow. So that's a wash there. Um, the Baltimore backfield is uh, crazy right now, but um, Latavius Murray even got a little bit banged up in, in this past week. So uh, for whatever reason, you know, these, um, the Ravens are are fine running these guys out there. So if I needed a dart throw, I mean, I, I don't hate the matchup in Cincinnati. Um, and I think that Freeman as crazy it is, might be worth a week seven dart. This is like, this is reminding me of the Peyton Barber call we had a few weeks ago <laughs> of going to get him. It's another name. I didn't really think I'd mentioned much this year, but we're at that point. Like you said, it's by, we said it's a by apocalypse. You're going to need to plug somebody in and the work you got last week, you may do worse than him. He's only 2% rostered. I don't think I'd go as far and say I'd like him more than some of these Seattle guys, but if he's still sitting out there, you could probably do worse than him. And that's very weird to say. And one other name that we just want to mention, it's not uh, a go ad right now, but maybe if your people are sleeping, go to see if Jeff Wilson's still available in your league. He's currently 19% rostered. He still has a little bit more to come back from IR, but if you can catch some people sleeping, he may be worth a stash. So anything more you want to add with him or that's really, yeah. Yeah. He's just a stash and you may not have the luxury, but if you have an empty IR spot and you can fill it, um, again, the Seattle back, uh, sorry, the San Francisco, uh, backfield, you know, with Eli Mitchell and Trey Sermon and, um, all the options there, it seems like Jeff Wilson could come right back into, um, you know, a co- you know, a couple weeks, 
you know, maybe playing backup, but that starting job could be his by, you know, by the time we, we start getting to fantasy playoffs. So uh, the fact that he's only 19% out there um, is, is really enticing to me, but again, he's, he's more of a stash. He, he can't come back until week 11, but then uh, when he does, I, I think he'll have all the playing time he can handle. Yeah. Tough situation in San Francisco, but you never know who it's going to be. Might not hurt to have. So with the apocalypse in place, there's one running back with drops and a couple others that are mentioned. Would you drop Tony Pollard if any of this? Since he's on a bye, is he worth dropping for any of these guys to fill in? Or he, of the other guys, there's no way you're dropping, obviously. But Pollard, would you drop him to play somebody this week? Are you willing to stash him and see what happens? Pollard is hard because he has shown now this past week, you know, wasn't, wasn't anything special 7.8 points, but that's, you know, if you take away Latavius Murray's touchdown or um, any of those things, he's, he's pretty much flex uh, flex worthy on his own. So I'm, I'm going to try to hold on to Tony Pollard. I think there might be some other options that we talk about later on, maybe some give up on them names, Um, you know, maybe a couple other insurance backs. I prefer to keep, uh, Tony Pollard, I would, if I really needed to, and my, you know, as you know, around 500 or worse, um, and McKissick were out there, then I would consider dropping Pollard, but he's, he's kind of gone beyond just the insurance back, um, mm-hmm. kind of value. And I, I, I think he has standalone flex value in most weeks. So, um, I'm going to, I would try to hold on to him more than maybe some of these other names. I would agree. And some of these other names as, you mentioned two that really stood out, Alexander Madison and Jamal Williams. Would you drop either of those to plug and play somebody this week? Or if you're desperate and need a running back, are they droppable or are, you sim- are they in the same boat as Pollard? Uh, I feel like for Jamal Williams, I would hold on to him. Uh, I, week week six was kind of out of whack. He was nursing an injury. Both he and DeAndre Swift were on the injury report. Um, it's It could have been something just as simple as Swift was healthier. Um, but the snaps have been pr- uh, a lot closer together um, through the first, you know, five weeks. And then we, you know, then we saw Swift just absolutely dominate the the snaps uh, this week. So um, I'd prefer to hold on to Jamal Williams if I can. I think Alexander Madison is fine as a drop. I think he's gone back into that pure insurance role. And with them having a week seven buy, that, that'd be a name I'd be okay parting with. I'm probably in the same boat. I really would want to hold on to Madison because you've seen how often Cook could get hurt. We've seen the value of Madison, but if you're in a boat where you need a running back this week, I'd be fine dropping him because he is on the bye. So probably would agree with you there. Let's move over to the wide receivers where once again, there's no huge standout. So I turn to you again, AJ, if you had your pick of the letter, who's the number one wide receiver on your board this week? For a one week grab, I'm going to go back to, um, I'm going to go two places to Arizona and to Denver. Um, I think that, so, so we'll, we'll fly through some of these. I, I think that Christian Kirk and AJ green, they're both kind of hovering around that kind of that threshold, that 50% threshold. They're both like 44, 45%. Um, it's a little bit hard to know who you can trust with, with Max Williams going down at tight end. You know, we were kind of waiting to see, okay, would, would this be Christian Kirk's? uptick with this be Rondell Moore's uh, uptick in, in usage and they go and trade for Zach Ertz. So th- it seems like they're kind of back in the same boat. Um, AJ Green would, would again be probably be my preferred option because I think he's the least impacted by um, 
by the Zachert signing because playing on the outside, uh, his his snaps seem to be kind of locked in, and he's running plenty of routes. Um, so AJ Green would probably be my my preferred ad there. But going to Denver, uh, Tim Patrick again. He's I, we're getting to the I think we're getting to the end of kind of his uh, his value because Jerry Judy seems like he's going to be coming back. He's eligible this week, Callan, but he's not coming back. I think uh, they said it's you know less than fifty percent that he's coming back. So he has at least another week to where he'll be kind of the second receiver, second wide receiver in Denver. So I still think, you know, with him 35% rostered, um, he's going to give you that solid floor. He's a great bi-week filler. Um, but that kind of has a, it has an expiration date. And I think that that's when Judy comes back and will either take, you know, the, the main receiver role from Sutton or, you know, they'll, they'll kind of split that time there. And then I think Patrick's fantasy relevance will sadly, but at least for a little while, run out. Yeah, you mentioned the Arizona receivers, and like you said, for the one week, they're playing Houston this week. Seeing how good of a match that can be last week, we saw both Kirk and Green, five catches apiece. Green had 79 yards, and Kirk had 75, or may have gotten them reverse. Very similar numbers, and they both caught a mm-hmm. touchdown. They're both going to be viable. Like you said, the Ertz addition is going to make it interesting, but... In a matchup against Houston, if you need someone to play, you can do a lot worse than starting an Arizona wide receiver. So if they're still out there, definitely go get them. And we've been on the Tim Patrick bandwagon all season. It's time for the Bipocalypse. I'm not getting off that now, so I would agree with that. So you mentioned that these are one-week plays. Is there anybody you prefer if you're looking for a stash or a, a long-term play or these kind of the same boat? Like. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, let me throw a couple of names at you, and, and and you you tell me what you think too. First off, I think that uh, Rashad Bateman. You know, it's his first week back uh, for the Ravens. He's twenty eight percent rostered. Um, you know, they've been waiting for him to kind of come back. He came in, had a really similar stat line to Marquise Brown. So you know, 44, 44 of sixty nine snaps, twenty two routes, six targets. Very similar to what um, to what Marquise Brown saw. So. It, it, for it being his first week back, that's a really, really good sign for his usage for the rest of the season. Um, I do think there will obviously be some down weeks. You don't always know exactly what's going to happen with the Ravens passing attack, but he's um, I'm, he, he's one name I would throw out there. Again, just dipping back into the old, into the you know early 20 teens uh, fantasy. Well, T.Y. Hilton is back and was immediately involved. Um, he was a little bit banged up, didn't play uh, the end of the game but um, apparently didn't need to. Nobody seemed really all that seems all that concerned. He's 39% right now. Devonta Parker is, if he's healthy, then there's a great, he has a great matchup against Atlanta. All these guys are kind of hovering around that, you know, 30, 30 something percent uh, range. And then a uh, name that we mentioned last week with Amon Ross St. Brown, um, you know, he's on Detroit you know that you're not going to have great, you know, great weeks, uh, week in, week out, but he is the kind of official wide receiver one out of Detroit. And so with that are going to come, um, hopefully some, some more consistent and, and decent floors. Yeah. The thing that concerned me last week, I was fully on board. If I'm on Ross St. Brown after now going into this week, I'm sort of tempering that a bit just because Khalif Raymond really seemed more involved and Detroit just seems so unpredictable. He did. I'm on yeah. Ross St. Brown clearly has the most upside and he clearly is the most talented, but this is such a mess. And now you have Dan Campbell telling Jared Goff, he needs to step it up. This is becoming a mess that 
I'm kind of jumping ship off that. I, I just don't want to be involved. <laughs> I, I love the talent. If I'm on Ross St. Brown, I was literally on any other team in the NFL. I'd be jumping for joy trying to get him. But this is just becoming a mess. That I don't know if I want to be involved with. But as for Rashad Bateman, first game back, he was very involved. And we're seeing Baltimore's offense is entering that prolific offense territory where you want to get as many pieces as possible in Baltimore. So I agree. If you don't need someone to play right away, there are better options, like you said earlier. But if you can, if you can afford a stash, I'm dropping probably 10 to 15% fab to try and get Rashad Bateman right now and getting more of a piece of that Baltimore offense. So I'm really excited about that. And then T.Y. Hilton, shrug. Last year, his great games were against Houston, and this was another Houston one, but they do need more people. Paris Campbell is now hurt in Indianapolis, so mm-hmm. that could open up some targets. So I, I'm interested in him as well. And with Devontae Parker, you saw the addition of a once we switch back to two of that, he was continuing to be involved. So those are all good names worth mentioning. So take a look around. Don't drop huge fab on them, but if you miss out on some of the bigger names, these guys are very good fallback options for the buy for the buy apocalypse. And one more point on Hilton. He's got a great schedule coming up. He plays Tennessee, he Jacksonville, does. and there's one other that I was just I just move off his page, but he's got three great matchups in the next four weeks. So with buys, he's gonna be a viable viable villain. So then we'll continue on to receivers. One name that I was, I think is definitely worth mentioning based on last week and the injuries that are taking place in that Cleveland offense is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had four receptions for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, one of them was on a Hail Mary, but that was very fun to watch. So with the injuries to Odell, with Odell Beckham being on and off the field, Jarvis Landry coming back, but they have a Thursday game and injuries to the running back. Do we have any interest in getting Donovan Peoples Jones? Yeah, I, I think he's kind of in that in that second um, that second tier there. I, to me, I, you know, he was such a preseason darling. Everybody was really excited about about old DPJ. Um, but you know, I, I I think that obviously with, whenever there are injuries, there are opportunities. Um, and I and he's you know I, I think that one hail mary was you know it, it was it was crazy. It was fun. I didn't know Baker could actually throw it that far still. So that was actually kind of a nice thing to see. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's hard to know exactly what Cleveland is going to look like next week with all of these injuries, with all the uncertainty. Um, sure. You know, I, 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 I think he's, he's out there as like a, you know, a little bit more of a desperation play. Um, but you know, you know, what we always say with these is the ball's got to go somewhere. Right. So yeah. Um, it, it might be, it might be his, his turn to, to take a week or two there and, uh, you know, get himself at least a, uh, some, some decent targets, get some volume, um, and get some consistency that he might not have if everyone were healthy. Yeah. The injuries, it's a very interesting play. It's, it's like you said, it's a very tough offense to predict who knows what Baker's going to look like with, uh, him coming out in a sling after Sunday's game and with the injuries in the backfield, they may throw, they may run. I don't know, but. Peoples Jones could be worth a stash and hold on to and see what kind of comes out of his offense. Any yeah. other receivers that are, I oh, know. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I mean, the other thing is they are playing Thursday. And so that's yeah. less time for um, again, for everybody to get back. So um, it could, it could provide a little bit of a benefit for him just to kind of keep that momentum rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So Keep an eye on the injury report, like we said, the running backs that may determine a lot as to what you do with these Cleveland Browns guys. But 
they're all worth stashing because we've seen Cleveland has a good offense and you another offense you want to get some pieces of if uh if the injuries are as as much as we're looking like they may be. Any other receivers that are worth bringing up as dart throws, deeper plays or anything anyone we didn't fully mention? Yeah, you know, I th- I think there are a couple that, you know, might be worth a little sprinkle here and there, you know, uh Washington still needs a second wide receiver. Deami Brown looked uh, looked like the most capable, but he's not even the most uh, he's not even the Washington player that I'm most excited about on the, on the waivers this week. Um, Quez Watkins looks like he's better than Jalen Rager, but again, you've got the Philadelphia passing offense, which Jalen Hurts has been great for fantasy, but bad for my eyes. So you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just it, it's hard to tell. Nico Collins is is having Davis Mills throw throw to him. Um, one name to watch could be uh, I don't I don't I don't even know if I'd be starting him this week, but Jamison Crowder. The Jets are coming off a bye. You saw in his first week back, he was peppered with targets out of the slot. Didn't quite work out as well in in uh, week five, but you know in in week seven, I, I think he could be a solid floor option. Um, you know, they're playing New England, which um, you know pray for Zach Wilson. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him in, in New England. Um, but then, you know, they have Cincinnati. Um, if you can stash, I'll just throw this last one out there. If you can stash, you know, KJ Osborne, if, if Kirk cousin can cousins continues to play like this and the Vikings offense continues to, um, to look this good, they, they look great this week. Um, as, as far as, you know, even from fantasy or, um, you know, Kirk cousins is, is, is still playing really well. They're, they're passing a lot of touchdowns. Most of their touchdowns are coming through the air um, by a considerable margin. And, you know, KJ Osborne, he's, he's getting involved. Um, He was, he was kind of a, you know, a great guy at the beginning and then we kind of fell off and, you know, had a, had a great week in week six. So um, he could be worth a stash. They're on by, he's not a priority ad by any means, but you know, if, if he can work his way into a more consistent role, there's, there are possibilities there. Yeah. With with every ad, comes its drops and so we're going to move over to the drops if you want more in-depth discussion on some of these guys stay tuned to for aj's waiver wire column that will be dropping on tuesday as you're more than likely listening to this podcast so definitely look over to that there may be names that haven't been mentioned or a more in-depth discussion as to why these guys are worth an ad but as for the drop candidates there's only two that are, are very intriguing just based on their performance their past past week uh, Chase Claypool was the first one that was mentioned. He's currently 94% rostered. He only had two receptions last week in a dream match against Seattle. Are we abandoning ship on Claypool? We know how bad the Steelers offense has been talked about this whole season. Is it time to move on from him? No. <laughs> no. No, I, I I don't think so. I mean, I mean, we're such fair weather fair weather guys. I mean, in, in week five, you know, he had 21 and a half, uh, half PPR points. Um, so with, with Juju Smith's future going out for the season, no, I, I, I actually, I'm actually a little bit more, uh, bullish on, on Chase Claypool. He might actually be somebody that, that I would go trade for, um, after, after this kind of output. Um, of course there, especially with them on a buy, you know, if, if somebody, if you, if you have a, a manager in your league, who's a little bit down on him really needs a win in week seven, you know, he might be willing to part with Chase Claypool who's on a buy and has been a little bit up and down, but no, I, I, I think the opportunities are just, uh, they're, they're too good to, uh, to put on your waiver wire. So no, he's, he, he's, he's definitely not a drop for me. Yep. I'll agree with that. I 
as a Steelers fan, I see the upside in Claypool. He's got no less than six targets in any game this season. Like I said, there's plenty available with Juju Smith-Schuster out for the season. So while this past week was ugly, he did get targeted seven times. He left with a little bit of an injury, but he was able to get back in the game. So I wouldn't worry if you see a desperate owner who needs to make a move because he's on a bye week and does drop him and you could afford to stash somebody. He would jump right up to priority one if he's still sitting out there after somebody. If someone drops him due to a desperate needs, you know, desperate time calls for desperate measures. So keep an eye on him. And another name that I can't believe we're mentioning, but his play kind of has met has brought it up. AJ, what on earth do we do with Allen Robinson? Is it is it welcome to Dumpsville for him? Is it is it time to move on from Allen Robinson? It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault, Allen. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't, I'm, I, I can't drop a Rob. I, it, it's, he's just too, he's too good. I mean, you know, he saw seven targets this week. Um, but you know, the, the production just hasn't been there. And I am, I am worried about, uh, the bears passing offense. They, uh, you know, we were talking about how, uh, Cleveland was the third most, uh, you know, Chicago is the second most, uh, run heavy team. So, um, they are, hell bent on doing that. Darnell Mooney does seem to have more chemistry with Justin Fields. Um, so maybe week seven against Tampa Bay is when he turns it all around. Well, let's let's hope so. Let's, let's hope so. <laughs> I, have, I have enough shares of Allen Robinson in my leagues where I'm in the same boat of you. Like, come on, let's get this going. But no, I'm not dropping him. There's way too much talent there. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. He's slowly getting back to more work in his offense. Although, Dang it, Fields, could you not have seen him get that wide open on that one play mm-hmm. that you keep going around Twitter? That would have been a great play. So, yeah, definitely don't want to drop him as of yet. But it's it's ugly. I don't, I don't love it. So we're, we're going to move over to the tight end, which you have said you are very – we talked pre-show. You are very excited to actually talk tight ends this week. So I'm not even going to tee this guy up. You have him <laughs> highlight on our sheet. Like, you really want to talk about him. This Take is, it away, AJ. Who's the number one tight like the- end this week? Yeah, this is like the third week in a row we've been excited about tight ends. I mean, you you, you can't ignore Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, you know, he's only, he's well, apparently you can because he's only twenty nine percent rostered. But you listening to this, do not ignore Ricky Seals Jones. He is in on one hundred percent of snaps again. This is the second week in a row. Six targets, had another touchdown. Um, the only knock against him is that Heineke's not really playing that well right now. Um, I don't know if it's a blip or if he is actually just continuing to do his. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, impersonation with a few fantastic weeks and then it all falls apart. Uh, But, you know, but Ricky Seals Jones looks like the real deal. And especially in, in the area of tight end, Um, you know, again, they have green Bay coming up then Denver and then a a week nine bye. Um, I'm happy. uh, I'm happy rolling with Ricky Seals Jones uh, for the next two weeks for sure. Um, I think he's getting the targets again. He he's, he's already kind of emerging as, you know, somebody who is even more involved than Logan Thomas in, in some ways. So um, as long as, as long as Logan Thomas is out, then I think Ricky Seals Jones is almost, I mean, he's, he's at this just set it and forget it short term tight end right now. So go get him if you can. Yeah. We all loved what Logan Thomas could do coming into the season and Ricky Seals Jones has stepped in and filled that exact same role. So definitely go get him. He's, a high priority for you if you tight end. And you said that there's a lot of tight ends on by. You're going to miss Dawson Knox. You're going to miss Dalton Schultz this week. Jared Cook. 
all tight ends you're starting in your lineups as of right now. So if Ricky Steele Jones is still sitting out there, make sure he's on your roster and fill in. He's going to be fine as a fill in until Logan Thomas comes in. But until that time, he will be a top tight end, top 10 tight end, probably in terms of ranks. So he's a must play until Thomas gets back. And then one other tight end, we'll move on to some stats in a second. He's usually he's above our usual threshold at 60% rostered. But just so you're aware, if Zach Ertz is sitting out there, go get him. He's gonna he's going to Arizona, where there's gonna be a lot of passing work to go around. That offense is incredible. So it's not we're, we're not gonna go in depth because he jumps in our threshold. But if Zach Ertz is still sitting out there in your leagues, make sure he's on your roster. He's got a great matchup this week, and he's involved in arguably the best offense in the entire NFL. So when we mentioned, is there, is there any other tight end stash candidates as someone who's kind of a, a deeper play, somebody that has kind of trending up a little bit more that you want to mention? Yeah, with uh, just out of, out of Jacksonville, they're on a bye this week. Um, if you have the luxury of stashing tight ends on a bye week, then I'm very jealous of you. But if you do, then, you know, Dan Arnold, I, I would say he he's a great stash. He's he's getting more involved in the offense. Trevor Lawrence is um, his fantasy performances are are just getting better and better. Um, I, I think he passed for over 300 yards uh, in, in London against Miami. So uh, super impressive stat line for Dan Arnold. But again, he's the tight end to own or uh, he's the tight end to roster in Jacksonville moving forward. Um, so if you can stash great, um, a real dart throw would be, um, you know, I, I'd still prefer someone like Gerald Everett to Ross Dwelly, but Ross Dwelly in San Francisco, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, there could be some, some targets there as long as George Kittle's out. So that could be a real desperation throw or, you know, a DFS punt play to, um, you know, spend the minimum on a, on a tight end. So Ross Dwelly maybe, but you know, I, I uh, I'd stash Dan Arnold out there, but. You know, again, it's it's tight ends, Callan. So, yeah. um, you know, you're you're doing dart throws half the time anyway. Exactly. And speaking of dart throws, there's one mentioned as a potential drop candidate. Still at 55. percent Would you drop Robert Tunyon for? Uh, would you drop him for Ricky Seals Jones? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I I agree. And like you said Dan Arnold. He's worth a stash if you can afford a luxury of stashing tight end. But let's face it, not many of us can afford a luxury of stashing a tight end. So maybe you get a week ahead. We'll probably mention on next week's show. But Dan Arnold, he's intriguing. Keep an eye on. And I do like the Dwelly call as some intrigue, but who knows in that San Francisco offense. So we're going to move over to the quarterback position. We're going to need our streamers this week because we are missing Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert, who are weekly starters in everybody's lineups, and Kirk Cousins, who's getting partly into that candidate as being a, almost a weekly starter of how he's performed most of the season. So we're going to need to stream some quarterbacks. So I move it over to you, AJ. Where are you looking on waivers to fill in that position this week? Yeah, so the first place, if 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 you want the boom bust, if you want to live on the edge of your seat, you know, Jameis Winston, he's 37% rostered. Um, he can, he can provide that massive, you know, that massive score that you need, um, which, you know, in a week where you have a lot of spot spot starters, you're probably going to need a ceiling play from some position. So if you can get it from the quarterback position, to either keep up with somebody who has their starting quarterback or, uh, you know, if, if you're looking, if you're looking for that kind of high ceiling play, but knowing that, you know, the bus potential is always only, you know, a couple interceptions away. Jameis Winston is, is a great, 
um, is a great option. They're uh, away versus Seattle, which again isn't as scary. I don't I don't think with you know a couple of recent injuries to um, you know to their uh, pass rush attack and uh, and who uh, Daryl Taylor who might actually play this week, but he was carted off the field with a neck injury. Um, so he's kind of up in the air. Um, so I think there, there's, there are good options for Jameis Winston. Uh, Mike, Mike Thomas could be coming back. Um, so there's always a big play potential there. Um, and the other, the other two I'll highlight are actually playing each other. So you've got two attack of um, with the dolphins playing against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. I think both of those defenses have been pretty friendly to quarterbacks so uh, Matt Ryan is is a little bit above that threshold, but you know he's still available in almost half half of leagues. So um, both of those guys, I think, are good streaming options, um, and and should have should have solid floor weeks. But again, if you want to go huge, eh, go get some Jameis. Yeah. So so James, just make sure Jameis is your favorite of those three options if you're if you're looking for play. If if I need if I need some points beyond what's projected, you know, like if I'm if I'm looking at my at my matchup and I'm an underdog, then yeah, I'm probably going with Jameis Winston. Yeah, the matchup in Seattle, he said, isn't as scary as it has been. We saw Big Ben even look okay against that Seahawks defense this past week. So if Michael Thomas comes back, that's going to mean an even better offense. So I like I like those options and Tua looked pretty pretty dang good after his, his first game back throwing 47 times or I would have never guessed and they're playing the Falcons defense which you can admit AJ not that great of a defense and same thing with no. Matt Ryan he's above that threshold and I like to play against Miami so those are some good options we're gonna need quarterbacks so I'm definitely definitely interested in that and in the same sense we need some defenses we're gonna have to stream this week where are you looking for that for that position yeah, again, I, I'm, I feel like we're cheating this week because we have to. But uh, <clears throat> if the Arizona Cardinals are are available, they'd be my priority. Yeah, they're right at that 58% uh, roster percentage, so um, they're available in almost half the league. So about you know 40% of the leagues are available. Um, but if if not them, you've got New Orleans coming off a bye, so they're they're going to jump way above that that 50% uh, roster. They're probably going to be back in that 60 to 70% like they've been all season, but the fact that they were on a buy means they're more at like 40. Um, and, you know, you, you know, you could even do worse than Atlanta or Miami. You know, if you, if, if there's a game script you really like, you know, if, if you want to see some turnovers, if um, there, there's a potential there to pick which team you like better. And then imagine that the, that the defense on the other team could, could do pretty well. Um, then, you know, I, I'd say the last one is potentially Las Vegas. Um, who probably, um, you know, com- coming out and, and playing better than we expected. Um, the uh, what, what? Let's see what what did Las Vegas do this week, Alan? They did just beat Denver. I believe it was like a, a twenty to, to nine score, something like that. Their defense looked pretty solid against uh, against Denver. So I do like that call against yeah. the Eagles that you mentioned earlier. Jalen Hurts, he's looked good for fantasy, but sometimes not as good for real life. So that could be a a very interesting play as well. If you need a, yeah, if you need a defense. Yeah. So I, I think that just so before people jump at me, I'm wrong with the Vegas thing. They did win, but it was a much higher score than I remembered yeah. it for some reason. It was 34, yeah, 24. I don't know why I was thinking it was lesser. Just get that game was not showing as much as I did not pay as much attention as that game in that game as I should have. So that's on me. Yeah. But yeah, that, you know, that, that final score line I think is friendly 
to, to Denver. Uh, it because it actually was it, the, the ten points. Uh, it was it was not that close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I I like the New Orleans call against Geno, and then Atlanta Miami. We recommend their quarterbacks, but we can we can just as easily recommend their defenses. But they'd probably be at the bottom as okay if you really need someone, go for it. But definitely New Orleans is that priority. Like we said, Arizona, you better get them if they're available. I doubt they will be in a lot of leagues, but if they're still sitting out there, they're very very viable play this week. So before we wrap up, we'll do like we always do, just in case you have forgotten, because this is a little bit of a longer show. So we'll go through our priorities for each position. Just as a quick way to end the show, we'll start with the running backs. Give me your top three for running backs this week. Top three are probably uh, McKissick, and then I want to stop uh, McKissick, <laughs> and then uh, probably either Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, or Devonta Freeman. Yeah, Ooh. I will go. Yeah, it's it's ugly, but it's, I will go with uh, JD McKissick at one. I'll put Dallas up at two. And then I'll probably I'll probably agree if you can go Penny three. I kind of want to take advantage of that Seattle backfield more than I do Cleveland, so I would go with that. Over to the wide receivers, where are you? How are you prioritizing that? And we can say, and if you need someone for further weeks, because these have a little bit more of upside plays than a, or longer term plays than just a one week. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that you know, heading in there, you kind of got to decide what you need to do, but. Um, I would probably say Rashad Bateman is is still the best ad overall looking at the rest of the season. Then AJ Green, Tim Patrick are probably my top three. Yeah, I think I'm taking advantage of Arizona at the top. I'll probably put Christian Kirk at one. I really like that. I want to see what Zach Ertz does, but as of right now, I just I, I buy any upside of Kirk more than I would for AJ Green. But Green's right there at number two for me. And then I'll put Rashad Bateman at three for kind of both hear some longer term plays, but also some plays you can do right away. So mix that in tight end. We don't need to really do that. It's go get Ricky seals Jones and then stop. And of course, Zach Ertz, if he's still linking out there and then quarterback, you mentioned the top plays, Jameis, and then it goes to and Matt Ryan, or how are you? Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, yep. I think, I think that's how I have those three. I can't fully argue there. So, That'll wrap us up for the QB list fantasy football podcast for the waiver wire for week seven. As always, you can find me at Twitter at Callen underscore Elslager. AJ is at AJ Passman. Very simple, nice, easy to find. You can find his waiver wire column tweeted out around the same time. You can listen to this podcast. You can have them both up simultaneously, do whatever you need to do. And you can find the show at the QB at QB list on Twitter. And as I always plug, please join our discord. Come on to, pitcherlist.com join pl plus or qblist.com pl plus either or join it's a great community of people you'll have in you'll have interactions with the entire staff we'll answer all your start set trade questions dynasty questions whatever you want or if you just want to talk some football it's very active on sundays it's a lot of fun to do i follow half the games that are going on because of that discord so it's a great community of people and we'd love for you to be a part of it so that'll do it for the show. Thank you for listening. Good luck with your waiver additions and the five apocalypse. And we look forward to seeing you next week.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list. Teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, Kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.